Everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Dingo Talk, where we explore the experiences that make us who we are. Here's your host, Carlo Guadagnino. What's going on, Chuckleheads? Welcome back to Dingo Talk. This week, we are taking a break from talking to the coaches as we have a long, long, long ago in a faraway land, we had a guest on. He's now back. He's not a coach anymore. He's the athletic director of Bethany College, Brian Sampson. Um, athletic director Sampson is going to tell us all the things going on in the athletic department at Bethany College, all the new things, all the new programs coming. Plus, you know, we, we're going to talk about going from the coach to the now administrative side of athletics. Uh, I also want to take the time to thank Brian for taking the time to talk to us because this is an important part of the Division Three level is the athletic director at the small school. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify or watching us on Spotify, really appreciate you. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, make sure you check out all the social medias. It's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. The only one different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk. And uh, don't forget to make sure you tune in after the episode for um, the overtime segment because somebody's either going to have a really good week or completely be eliminated from contention. So without further ado, let's talk about Bethany Athletics with Brian Sampson. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. It's a very special episode of Dingo Talk. It's our first returning guest all the way. You have to go three years ago. The beard was a little longer. Uh, the set was a little different. Um, there was tea involved. I don't have tea for you this time. I can't can't offer that through the camera. Co- Formerly Coach Sansom, now Athletic Director Brian Sansom. Thank you for joining us and returning to Dingo Talk. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. And yeah, it's been a few years since I've been on. And boy, think a lot of things have changed since then. So let's let's talk about that. How do we go? The last time we talked, we we were in the midst of a pandemic. There was a whole lot of what's going to happen going into these seasons. Um, and now here we sit, you're the athletic director. So how did that change come about and why was it time for you to move? Yeah, you know, I, I had uh, I've been coaching for a long time. You know, I'm I am, I'm young. I'm 38 still. Well, getting older, but but still what people consider young. Uh, but I coached for a long time. I was very fortunate to get, get started coaching when I was about uh, 20, you know, about 20. Uh, so, you know, I've been doing this for about 18 years. Uh, and it just the timing was right. You know, I just I, I when I came, I wanted to rebuild the women's basketball program. And, you know, I thought we got the program in the right spot. And and, and honestly, it was, uh, you know, President Critty and I just had a random lunch one day. And he just asked me where I wanted my career to go to. And, and I had mentioned, you know, in about three or four years, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to probably step away. My son, Lucan's going to be getting into stuff. And I wanted to have more time outside of recruiting. And, and uh, he, you know, I told him I wanted to be in athletic administration, though. And, um, you know, he kind of took that back. And we were in the midst of, you know, trying to find an AD at the time. And uh, we were naming an interim. Mike Worrell was the interim at the time. And then I think, well, Jill Wilson actually might have been the interim at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these discussions end up happening. And and we went through a search. And, you know, I, I guess we just, the, the search, the applicant pool wasn't what they were looking for. And and Jamie will tell you the same thing. They, they all went back and said, well, you know, our, our guy's kind of right here on campus. And um, I just had to make the decision that I want to step away three years earlier than I thought coaching wise, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and they gave me an option to coach another year, but I just, I knew it would be too much. Um, you know, so, so ultimately I just, I thought it was the best decision for, for where I wanted to, to make an impact on the college. Uh, and I thought it would be a good time to bring some stability to the department because we had some changeover for, for two or three straight years. And uh, it just seemed right. And the time seemed right. And I knew I was leaving the women's basketball program in a, in a good position for somebody to take over. And uh, I just thought maybe I could impact the department a little bit more in a, in a bigger role. Now, was that once you came to that decision, what was the conversation like with the team? Because you guys were coming off pretty successful back-to-back years of, of establishing what you wanted to be as a program that was going in. I believe all that, that whole group was kind of the senior group, right? Yeah, they were coming back. You know, we, we just had back-to-back rookie of the years, you know, Lindsey Garrison just came off of being uh rookie of the year and, and we were set up, you know, to have it getting ready to make a nice run. Mm-hmm. It was one of the harder conversations that I had had to have with a team. And what made it worse was I had to do it over zoom because it was summer. Uh, so not being able to actually get in front of the of the of the young ladies and actually have that conversation is probably what what was killer the most. But I tell you what, they they were they were great about it. They were understanding about it. Um, I, we shared some tears. We shared some laughs. And uh, I'm sure there were some that were cheering as well <laughs> as, as that happens in coaching as well. But but, uh, you know, I, I think they understood it um from a from a bigger picture standpoint but uh I think they knew that and I think the big selling point that I had to them was I'm just going to be across the gym mm-hmm. you know I won't be with you at practice I won't be with you at all your games but but I'm still going to be here as your number one supporter and and uh here to make sure that you have a great experience and and just be able to help that in a different role and uh you know after the after the dust settled a little bit I think everybody saw that and and I and I think it worked out for the best well, now before we were on camera, we or before we were recording, I guess we're all, we're always on camera. Um, we were talking about some of the projects that you guys have already kind of started, or, or in the process of started, or starting or completed. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Fundraising and whatnot. What's the big changes coming to the department? Yeah, some 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 quick things that we had, you know, happen. Obviously, was we redid the basketball floor. We, we re redesigned the whole thing. We painted it different colors and we have a bison that goes from three point line to three point line now, rather than just in the middle. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. We dedicated the court to Joe Curry, uh, late Joe Curry, obviously well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we put up some different, uh, we put up some different mats underneath the baskets and did some branding. Um, the other big thing in the gym that we've we've done also is we we got a video board, a seventy three thousand dollar video board put up in there, which has really helped with. We just actually got it started up and running here uh, in September, but it's really allowed us to help us with some recruiting, give some extra uh, some extra love to these recruits as we live in an era that that's that's a big thing. Um, our in-game stuff became pretty cool where you're able to, you know, somebody gets a spike and you're able to put a, a graphic up on the board and it gets everybody excited. Um, you know, some of the other, some of the other bigger things that we're looking at, we're, we're just actually going to be putting in a new baseball scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So funny, Carlo on that, that video boards, I'm, I'm 38. And, uh, that scoreboard down at the baseball field, I was told when the Nevco rep came and looked at it is that that board is 35 years old. That's what I mean. So he said, it's time, I think. And I said, well, it, it's barely worked the last two years. And, and it's it's not fun as the AD to continue to see that. 
So we're getting a new scoreboard down there for the baseball uh, baseball complex. But uh, the one thing that that's coming along is our, you know, we're doing an athletic uh, renovation, mm-hmm. putting in a new fitness center, a million dollar uh, renovation to a fitness center, going to brand uh, the lobby area as you walk in the gym. We're going to provide a, a, a full membership uh, uh, fitness center to the community, to the surrounding area people as well. And uh, we're going to do a digital hall of fame in the walkway too. So no more plaques up and down the hallways. Uh, we're actually going to have a 65 inch TV. That's uh, going to be on a, on the wall there. That's going to be mm-hmm. branded and people can come in and type in, you know, type in your name and, 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 and say, Hey man, he was looking, go back and look at, at dad or grandpa or sister or, or uh, aunt, whatever. And that's going to be a really nice thing. And then mm-hmm. on top of all the other renovations that are going on on, on campus, really benefit us when you talk about recruiting and trying to move the college forward. Uh, we've had a lot of other odds and ends that we've been doing, but, but they're not the, uh, the glorious ones, you know, the, the new roof on the building and, and things like that. No, nobody really cares about that for the, except for the AD. <laughs> well, now let's, let's talk about it. new roof on that building. That probably makes the cleaning staff very happy because that helps with that rec area. I know that rec <laughs> area, there, there was, there was a back in the day, you know, I get to say that back in the day, we, we had trash cans and a bucket here and, and don't, don't go on that court. You might get it, play at your own risk down there. So it, it's definitely made it nice that uh, we don't have to cancel recruits or people coming to campus when it <laughs> rains anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, that's, that's, it, it's really nice that, that now we can have a walkway that's not filled with buckets and, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it was something that was much needed and, and mm-hmm. we're very appreciative of it because again, it, it just, it allows this place to be more like home and, and, and we want the students to, to enjoy coming in out of here and our visitors. Now let's talk about recruitment from the AD standpoint. What are you looking for out of the respective coaches when they're looking at student athletes? Is there a a criteria that you're kind of looking for that next person to be part of the Bison family? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that, that, you know, we talk about is, you know, we talk about numbers, each coach got to meet a number, et cetera, but, but we also need to talk retention. So when when we're recruiting those students, we want to recruit students that can academically survive here as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we want to recruit, you know, young men and women that, that are going to make an impact here and, and leave a legacy. Um, You know, we want them to stay for four years. I think that's the thing now when we're recruiting is let's not just recruit to meet a number, Let's recruit uh, to, to people that are going to make an impact. Let's recruit good citizens. Let's recruit people who we need to mentor, though, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we still recruit, you know, um, it, all over the place as much as we can. But we, we really tried to narrow back in. Let's bring it back home a little bit. Let's hit the Ohio Valley a little bit more. Let's hit the Whippeo. Let's hit, you know, uh, West Virginia. And I, I think our coaches are really diving deep into that. Um, but, but the biggest thing is we want to recruit somebody to our academic profile, right? We, 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 we want them to be able to, to thrive here, um, mm-hmm. and, and be able to provide them the support that we do need whenever that is the case, uh, for those students. So, you know, I really don't tell a coach, Hey, this is who and when and how you got to, but, but we do talk about what's your plans, where are you going, you know, what your recruiting numbers look like. You know, if you need to bring in 15, you need to recruit about 500. You know, and just, you know, we have a lot of young coaches, so there's a lot of strategy building and a lot of mentoring that goes around uh, finding the right student athlete here for Bethany because we want them to stay all four years. Now, 
you you pointed out there there are a lot of young coaches specifically in the last couple of years there's been a lot of turnover in the sense of you know coach Forsty moved retired coach Klein uh coach Hillier decided to to hang him up and just be become a full teacher those are two that really jump out to me you also have on the other side an alumni coming back home and, and running the program that he was a part of with a national championship what would you say the overall dynamic of the of the department is what uh, you, did you have the you have the old you have the new and you have a bunch of, of interesting personalities coming together yeah you know so since i've been the ad i've hired 11 coaches um, and I've been here two years, you know, and so that's that's a lot of change. But, you know, sometimes with with an administrative change that that sometimes happens. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I think we're moving into an era where we just have a lot of young coaches that that are really eager to build a program. Um, I think mentoring them to have them understand the other aspects that go into coaching. I think a lot of times. Um, not that our coaches don't understand this, because I think they do, uh, for the most part, understand that, you know, a lot of your job is 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 helping 18 to 24 year olds kind of learn who they are mm-hmm. and, and really kind of being a being a shoulder for them to kind of, um, you know, somebody they can lean on when they make some mistakes. And, you know, I think with our coaches, it's 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 finding that balance each day of not getting lost in some of the weeds. As we talk about, you know, don't get too far dove down into your day that you forget to, you know, plan your practice or get out and and, and talk to, you know, get out and talk to people on campus, go get involved on campus. Um, you know, they're a young group. So there is a lot of mentoring and a lot of questions that are being asked, which is fine. I'd rather have a coach come in here every 30 minutes than them be unsure and them not be able to do their job to the level that we want them to Um but uh, yeah, it's 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 been a complete shift. We had some older coaches, and and right now, I think uh, Ryan Hilliers, our 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 uh, male coach, who's been here the longest. I think that's uh, going into his seventh or eighth year. And Alyssa sounds about Finale, right. Alyssa Finelli going in just fin- finishing up her fourth year uh, or fifth year uh, is our longest tenured women's coach. So yeah, that that should tell you a lot when you got twenty two sports and those are your longest tenured coaches. Well, and let, let's dive in a little bit because there's going to be three more coaches added to that mix. There are three programs that have been added under your under in your time, uh, and one of them starts here in December. So let's talk about men's volleyball, and then we'll move on to the other two programs. Yeah, men's volleyball. Obviously, you know, when, when I first took over, there was a lot of talk. How do we help increase enrollment? And and we obviously know that athletics has a big hand in that. You know, we're not mm-hmm. the only driving force, but but we have a big hand in 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 do you know bringing in the recruits to campus and and uh, you know we were looking at what's an emerging sport, and at that time it was men's volleyball. Yeah, you know, so we hired uh, we did a search, hired Chuck Shoemaker, who was the Alderson and Broadus head coach at the time, and uh, he's recruited a first class, and yeah, and here we go, we're starting that in in um, in in late December, and they'll start practices in January, and and you know, here in a year, I think it's a year, uh, the, the conference will actually have men's volleyball sponsored. Wow, uh, as a pack. So a lot of schools are starting to add it. So what happened was we added it, uh, actually Chatham added it, then we added it. And then Grove City announced that they were adding it. So uh, we're going to have enough teams to have our own conference here. Not this year. We're going to play independent, mm-hmm. uh, but the following year. So we're really excited about it. Kind of brings something different. Our women's volleyball program has been, 
you know, one of our top programs for the last 10 years, if not beyond. So now to add an immense board to it, uh, we're, we're looking for that to be really competitive as well. Now, um, what's the, fill me in on what, what does the independent circuit look like when you're trying well, to fill a schedule out? Yeah. So obviously we play some of the other pack schools that currently have men's volleyball. Mm-hmm. We'll play some of the AMCC schools. So uh, there, there's different schools in the AMCC that have uh, have have uh, teams that they sponsor because yep. that's technically who the other schools in our conference right now play in. They play in the AMCC okay. uh, with some of those schools. Uh, so then independently, we'll go out and try to play some different teams. So we join some tournaments, play some tri-matches. Uh, you know, we can end up playing a couple of D2 schools if we need to. But mm-hmm. but we went out and scheduled a lot of regionally team regional opponents uh, that already sponsored men's volleyball. And then, um, so with that program getting ready to start up, you then have for a year from now, there'll be another program that'll be picking up its legs and that's women's wrestling, which it's, is that a sport that's, that's growing in popularity as well for on the women's side? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, when we do it, we're doing our research to, to figure out how do we, you know, one big thing for us was we wanted to increase, uh, the female enrollment population. So how do mm-hmm. we do that? Right. So th- this was our, with our next two sports that we're adding, which is, you know, obviously this first one we're talking about women's wrestling was one of those. It's an NCAA emerging sport. And um, so it was one that uh, we did some research in and, and it was one that is starting to grow fast. Uh, okay. High school really being sponsored, you know, a lot in Pennsylvania, it's really taken off in Ohio, West Virginia uh, is even starting to really add, uh, the number of of individuals that are that are wrestling in West Virginia, and I actually think in West Virginia this year it'll be sponsored as a uh, as a state tournament. Okay, uh, the first time where I think it's actually going to be sponsored at the state level uh, for a state tournament. So uh, it's really growing, and 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 honestly, I think in our conference, um, you know, I. I I won't put the, the the schools out there that I've talked about because they're not going public with it. But I've spoken to one or two ads at other schools that say, hey. I noticed you guys added this. What'd you do? How'd you do it? You know, we're really looking at this too. So don't be surprised in the next five, six years that you see some other schools in our conference that are going to add it as well. But, but right now too, it's, you know, Hiram has it, Otterbein has it, uh, Mm. West Liberty just added it. So we're going to be able to have some regional, uh, regional competitions right off the get go. um, That that's going to be pretty cool for us. And then what is the, the, the last one is, and I, I want to make sure I, I don't want to insult anybody with and mess up the title. So what is the last of the three sports that are being added? Acrobatics and tumbling. Uh, and so that is that is, also in that emerging, like yes. it's, it's definitely, it's something that we you've seen the number in bigger schools and yep. smaller schools. It's growing. Yeah, it is growing. Uh, I think they're at 55 teams in the country right now that have it. Uh, it's an all-female sport. There are no males. There are okay. no male coaches. Uh, so it's a really unique, really unique sport. Again, an, another way for us to to provide opportunities for females here at Bethany. Um, and, and you can you can eat, uh, recruit uh, a bunch of different student athletes for this: cheerleaders, dance, uh, competitive cheer, uh, even athletes of other sports. You know, gymnastics. Um, different types of uh, students um, yeah. have, have the opportunity to participate in the sport. And it's really cool. Last, I, you know, last this past year, West Liberty hosted the uh, national championship and mm-hmm. I was able to actually go up and watch it. And I got to watch Frostburg state uh, compete against Oregon. Uh, wow. Yes. The Oregon ducks. 
Uh, wow. And, and, you know, just the excitement that filled the arena, um, you know, you could see a difference in the D1, the D2 student athlete, but mm-hmm. the excitement from the sport um, that it brought was, was really cool. And, and, and we hired a great coach and, and I should, I should have went back and, you know, Everett Wines, our first women's wrestling coach, he's doing a great job so far. Cassidy Montando, our first acro and tumbling coach doing a great job. And, and uh, yeah, we're excited about the possibilities, you know, it's, it's going to provide some different sports in the gym that we're not used to right <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon or a Thursday night. Uh, it's instead of being a basketball game, come in and watch the wrestling um, match. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and the same thing with acrobatics and tumbling. It's uh, it's something that I have no idea about because I would not be good at any of it. Uh, <laughs> I can barely do a somersault, let alone do some of the fantastic things they can do. So we're really excited about it. It'll bring some different it'll bring some different things to the to the campus, which we want to do. The last time I did a somersault, I uh, I tripped going down the ramp in Bubba's, and it, it wasn't a purposeful <laughs> somersault. It was just the safest way to get down the steps. So, um, so coach, we talked a little bit about some of these emerging things that are coming up in the NCA. What, and this is going to focus more into football here in a second, but what are some of the big changes coming? Because now you're on the administrative side, you're going to the to the conferences and whatnot. What are we? What should we expect different coming from Division Three here in the next couple of years that's being discussed? Yeah, I think the I think just think the possibilities that that are now being brought and opened up to Division Three, right? I think I think the spotlight was always on Division One and 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 making sure that we're providing opportunities for the people that are going to make us money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I think I think what you're seeing a lot now is a lot of support being given to Division Three to uh, expand their championships, provide more opportunities. You know, I think something that you'll see here in a few years when we, when you when you mentioned football is I I, I think you'll see. You you know, I think they're going to add some teams to the championship, you okay. know, so I, I think they'll add, you know, somewhere between three to five more teams and, and that are going to have a chance to compete for the championship. Um, you know, I think that will allow some some more at large bids and uh, provide opportunities that could be a two bid conference, mm-hmm. you know, uh, an opportunity to do some things. Um, I, I think what you're going to see also is, um, you know, NIL. It, it's kind of crazy. It's really kind of dipped into um, down in division three, but you, you're not seeing some of the extreme ones, but I'm waiting for that first division three person to sign a big deal yeah. uh, it, to open up people's eyes to see what great athletes we do have in, in at our level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the ever-changing landscape of, of uh, mental health, I think the, the opportunities that are being provided there and the resources so I think what you're going to start seeing is on campuses more resources to help student athletes through, um, through through those those pressures of being a um, a young adult um, and trying to be successful on their you know in their sports field and uh, and, and off and mm-hmm. you know I think some of those things are going to be be huge. I think some of the things that changed recently that were that has changed already how crazy our our facility is throughout the year is. You know, they moved away from the week system to the day system. Yeah. So uh, a lot of sports got 114 days or you got track and field and stuff. They got 144. So, you know, it was a little strange seeing our basketball team out there having a full practice that they're allowed to have in September. And you got lacrosse going and a couple hours later, you got, um, you know, your softball teams out there. It's, it's like we have everybody going at once now. 
And, you know, I, I think as, as we talk about wanting to provide opportunities for our students, I think from somebody at a small school that, that worries about retention and recruiting, mm-hmm. being able for us to be able to work with our student athletes as soon as they get here, and it, I, I think is imperative. But how we do that is also imperative. We don't need to go out there. We're not going to win a national championship because we worked out September 5th. Yeah. I think it's using that time to really get them acclimated to what college sports are all about mm-hmm. and, and kind of let them know this is kind of how it's going to, how your, how your day is going to look as a student athlete. And I think uh, providing that educational piece to them during this time is crucial. Um, but, you know, you never know what's going to come down the pipeline. And, and I think it's just uh, us being ready to, to continue to involve evolve evolve mm-hmm. uh over time and, and and adapt to the changes that are that are coming um you know I, there's been minor rule changes in in each in in sports that have i think allowed the game to speed up i think that allows more opportunity for more excitement mm-hmm. you know i i think what's being a former women's basketball coach i think uh what's disappointed is disappointed is how and now I shouldn't say this because I I do think that that finally women's basketball is starting to get some attention that they need, uh, or and they deserve is you know you look at the game yesterday Iowa women's basketball team I think uh, I think uh, Caitlin Clark scored more points yesterday than Iowa's football team has maybe all year, uh, <laughs> you know in that stadium so it's it's you know being able to provide opportunities for our student athletes to uh, showcase their talents on and off the court. Um, I think is 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 something that is that's starting to be noticed at our level now and I want to I guess the you 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 touched on a couple of good things there the the Nil falls in with the transfer portal now i've I've talked to a lot of football coaches this season we uh it's kind of our theme um and a lot of them have said that that's not necessarily how they're building their programs now we hear like you said the extreme cases where um, fourth school in fifth year or five years or third school in four years. Um, Is that as big of, is it as prevalent in division three right now with the transfer portal or is it, because I would assume some of those people are looking for, they want to go and play. They want to go and play. So like, if you're not getting play over the hill at West Liberty, but you like the area, well, there's a school right over the hill if you want to play basketball or you want to play football or baseball. What is, is that something that you guys are seeing? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the transfer portal has really taken off, right? It's It's been a trickle-down effect. It really started at the highest level, right, Division One, and it's mm-hmm. made its way down to us. You know, there's, there's thousands on thousands of student-athletes that are being left in the portal uh, because – they're waiting for that that one Division One school that's still maybe given an opportunity, and they don't, and uh, then they're being left without an opportunity to play. But but yeah, it's become a it's become another resource for us to be able to recruit out of. Um, you know, you don't see uh you, you don't see it as much where you have that kid transferring for the fourth or fifth time at our level mm-hmm. uh, that you may at the higher level. But uh, yeah, we we ask our coaches every week to get in the transfer portal to see if there's student athletes in there that make sense. And what we find a lot of times is is student athletes that we might have been one of their last, you know, we were in their top three, but then they chose a division two school potentially. And then after a year, they realized, boy, I really wanted the opportunity to actually play while getting my education, but I'm not being able to actually get on the floor or on the field. Uh, let me go back and, and get in the portal. And then, uh, oh, hey, Bethany calls me again. And I loved it other than I wanted to play at a higher level. 
Mm -hmm. And um, we, we've been able to kind of benefit from that from in different sports, right? I think, um, you know, each year, I think we get a couple more transfers than we did the year before. I think we had about 20 total, 23 or 24 transfers this past year. And I think the year prior, we weren't even at eight or nine. Um, so that's going to continue to build as our coaches are also recruiting out of that um out of that as well mm -hmm. and i think I, I think there's you know it's 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 great but it's also bad i i think we're we're instant uh you know and i think you see it a lot more at the higher level uh instant i'm not playing i'm transferring you know a lot of kids are still choosing you know a lot of kids do choose to bethany obviously to play their sport but optimally they're choosing because they want to get their education here mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of times they're staying here sticking it out a little bit um but you know, I'm waiting for us to benefit on one of those kids that went D1 that say, I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia, and I want to go play D3, but I went to play at WVU my first year, and I'm not playing, and now I'm going to go to Bethany. Um, you know, because there have been other D3s that have benefited from that. Yep. Um, you know, we've benefited from the portal um, from a from a, from a a school side and an academic side, and even our transfers. Again, we're not getting a Duke transfer, but we've picked up a lot of quality um, individuals through the transfer portal and mm -hmm. it will continue to be that way and continue to grow. Um, so encompassing all that. And I, I did tell you there was a, uh, there was a question I was going to ask you. We're moving on from that question. So don't you take it out of your mind <laughs> that for those of you at home, you want to ask the question later, shoot me a message after you watch this, you can find out what the question is. Maybe. Um, so I'm going to ask, uh, I think I asked you these questions before, and they used to be the ending of the show. Uh, they're not the end, but what is the significance of division three athletics? And we've touched on a lot of things and where division three athletics is heading, but what, what separates division three athletics from your D one and your D two minus the, for some sports, they'll say the speed obvious answer there those are scholarship athletes other than that what what is the draw for division three yeah i think it's i think it's to be able to get uh a focus where your focus is first on your academics mm -hmm. while still being able to have an opportunity to compete at a high level you know I, I i think if if you're not a superior athlete you're not going to get in a scholarship but if you're an athlete who is who does have talent and who has an ability to be successful on uh you know at, at a collegiate level division three provides you that opportunity it's also going to provide you an opportunity to have balance you're going to be able to be involved in on campus in greek life in can't in, in campus organizations sometimes play two sports while still being a double major um i i think that's the uniqueness of division three i think the opportunities that are still provided there um allow students to to still pursue um what they love to do, right? They're not getting any money. Not one student comes to Bethany because they're going to get paid to be, be on the, on any team. Big they sponsorship to... from Chambers. <laughs> yeah. Unless you get a sponsorship <laughs> from, from Mary Chambers down there. Good luck on that one. Yeah, let me, uh, let me know how that works out because I'll be, I want you to manage me at that point. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, I just think it's a level that, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, dis disparaging any other divisions, but I think it's really the level that is the purest still um, that, you know, you don't have the behind the scenes uh, people trying to take other people's recruits and, 
you know, setting them up for failure and, and money deals behind closed doors and different things like that. I, I, I just think it's the purest conference for uh, what a true student athlete means. And, and, and I think that that's never going to change. And I think that's what makes it special. Um, and then obviously you're, you're the athletic director at Bethany. We need to give you the, the time to explain to us why, if, if a student athletes out there looking, what is it about Bethany? I have my opinions. I know you have yours. What are your opinions on why Bethany is the right fit for certain people and why it's not the right fit for certain people? Yeah, I think, I think you, what you said right there is, 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 is what I think hits the nail on the head is Bethany isn't for everybody. Right. But so are the lot of other places. Um, I think what makes Bethany special is, is our size. I think mm-hmm. is our ability to provide a really high quality education um, in a small setting um, with some of the top professors in, in the area with uh, allowing students to um, still excel in other things that they want to do outside academically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I think right now we're a growing college. Yeah. I think, I think if you come to Bethany, you're part of something that's going to be, um, you know, we're not going to be as small as we were three, four years ago. You know, enrollment's going to be here in the next two, three years. We're going to be looking to be in the 900s. So, you know, uh, Bethany's a place that you come and you feel like you're at home. You, you know, you get treated. You're not a number. You're a person. Um, it's what I tell my student athletes at every beginning of the year meetings that I've had the last two years is that you are a person first before you're anything else. Mm-hmm. And you need to be treated as a person before anything else and never let that die here. And I think what is important is I think that's how everybody else feels here. I think the the support that you are given by your faculty members, by your staff members, you can walk down the street and you're going to find one of your professors, you know, that lives in town. Uh, they come to your sporting events. They come to your theater events. And I think that small, that small school setting, um, I, I think, is, is something that's still special. Um, and I think we're going to keep it that way, even though we're trying to grow in numbers. Um, and I, I just I, the 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 small class sizes to everybody. Sometimes that's a positive. Sometimes that's a negative. But I think having the opportunity to to get the one on one attention you need as a student, I think mm-hmm. is still imperative in the, in the days that we live in, especially because we have a lot of first generation students who have never been through this process, their family's never been through it. And I think we do a pretty good job of, of supporting them and helping them through those processes uh, to let them be successful. And then what is the message to the Bison community on the alumni side for the athletics? Yeah, I, I think is, is come, come support, come out and watch what's happening. I think it's sometimes you know, I, I think sometimes when you're when you're changing, changing of, when there's a changing of guard and, and when programs change head coaches, when there's new ADs, when there's when there's new administration, I think sometimes we instantly look at, oh, what, what's going wrong? But I think you would come out and I think if you come out and support the student athletes, I think you'll see a, a lot of good things that are happening. Our students are getting much more involved in the community. They're doing a lot more fundraising. Um, our academics continue to rise. Last year, this past spring was the highest GPA in the department that we had, which is a 3.22 as a department in the last 10, 15 years. 
you know, so moving from the academic side over to the athletic side, you know, our volleyball team has been very successful. It's, it's how do we adapt that to get, to get our other programs to kind of follow suit with that. And it's, you know, just spending time as coaching staff, uh, providing more professional development opportunities um, Mm -hmm. for our coaches, uh, providing more opportunities for our student athletes to be recognized at a, uh, at a national level, which Jen Windmiller, my associate AD is doing a phenomenal job at, at um, getting student athletes opportunities at a national level. I think when you look at wins and losses, I think it's very easy to say, oh, a team's good or a team's bad, you know, and and, and I think sometimes that's fair. That's fair in sports. But I think sometimes, unless you're out and, and watching, I think you'd be very impressed with the type of men and women that we were running out and, and competing in our conference. Uh, and that's what I'm proud of the most is, is we have a lot of great young men and women who are representing that name across the chest. Uh, that Bethany College that means a lot to so many people, especially our alumni. And, you know, I think they know the history of, of, of that. And I think it's important to them as well. All right. Now, the last time you were with us, we didn't have this portion of the show. These are five questions. Oh boy. That are designed just for our guests. And then there's a, or sorry, there's four questions. And then there's the last question of the show. So rapid fire. First thing comes to your mind. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel fan. Tar Heel fan. My wife's a Tar Heel fan. My brother actually lives there. Uh, it's somewhere. I don't know why. It's not always the warmest. Uh, but I can't, you know, I'm a Husky fella, so I don't always like being where it's real hot. But uh, North Carolina has always been a place to me that I want to move. Uh, when I get there, we'll see if I still feel the same way. Also, congratulations to your wife on her on her Hall of Fame nod there. Yes, so. she's a spectacular athlete and a greater greater wife and uh, you know uh, mother than than super I've mom. Ever asked for. Yep. Um, what is the most important lesson that you have learned over your career? Patience. Would you like to Patience. elaborate? You know, I, I I was a young coach that back in the day when I started in this this. Uh, this business of athletics and at the collegiate level, I was very impatient. I was very, um, you know, one of the things done a certain way at a certain time. And, and, you know, what I've learned is, is th- good things take time mm-hmm. and you need to have patience and let people make mistakes, let people grow, mentor people. And, and uh, you know, but, but I think patience is the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, and, and, and I, part of that, I think is becoming a dad. You know, being, you know, I think that I think uh, my student athletes that I coached those two years when I was still uh, coaching, when we had Lucan would tell you that I was a different coach because I was a lot more understanding and patient. Um, and, and, and that's really helped me in this position as the AD, right? Because, you know, we have, you know, our, again, we got great student athletes and coaches, but sometimes they do some boneheaded things. But it reminds me, be patient. I was once that age. I once did some stupid things. I once asked some some silly questions. I once put myself in some silly situations. <laughs> be patient and uh, let these people grow and, 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 and there'll be something special one day. If you weren't the athletic director and or a coach, I have to I have to edit this for you specifically. <laughs> what would your job be and why? You know, that's funny. Um, I, I had, when I was growing up, I had a lot of people believe that I was going to be a pastor, um, or a guidance counselor. 
And I, I think a little, bit, little bit of coaching is being a guidance counselor uh, or an AD. I think there's a lot of, a lot of tendencies that come with being a guidance counselor, but I had a lot of people think that I was going to be a pastor, um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, preach, preach God's word. And, and, and I think that came a lot from my personality that uh, everywhere I go, I just, I try to make people feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to try to make people feel uh, a certain way that they're important, that they matter and I think that's just started when I was a young age. And, um, you know, I don't know with some of the things I've probably done in my life. I don't know if I'd be accepted into the pastoral world anymore, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd probably, to be honest though, either a guidance counselor, or even a, even a phys ed teacher, uh, is probably where, where my life would have taken me. I always wanted to be a cop, but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I truly would want to anymore or not. Nope. That one's off the list. I can tell you, I was never trying to be a firefighter or a cop. Those were two jobs that were like, I have respect for you, but you're over there. Yes, Um, correct. All right, this is a two-parter. Best compliment you've ever received. Oh, boy. Best compliment I've ever received. Um, Oh, that's hard. Uh, this is, these are challenging, best compliment I've ever received. Um, probably just in it. I don't know if this makes sense or not. Just a thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody thanking me for taking the time to care about their, their kid. Um, this happened when, uh, it's happened a few times as I've been a coach and even as an athletic director, it's happened to me a few times through, through some things, but the best compliment that I can get is honestly, uh, a thank you. Um, and, and that can be in many ways. It could be a verbal thank you. It could just be, Hey, if I ask you, can you help me with something? And you do, uh, you do help me with something. Um, to me, I'm, I'm very simple. I don't, I don't ask for a lot. I don't ask for any accolades. I don't want any, you know, people try to tell me this and that. And I'm like, it's not about me, but, but here to thank you every once in a while, um, is, is, is some of the best compliments that I can get. Um, as somebody that's in my seat that spends a lot of time with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the other side of compliments. And as a coach, I'm sure you've heard some good ones. What's the best insult you've ever received? Um, that I was a terrible coach and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I should probably find a different profession. Um, and it was it was said just like that. Very very articulate. That, that very insult. very articulate. There was probably some other words that were in there that that will keep off air. But um, you know that just comes with the territory, right? And and but I'm always the first one to tell you that I will never sit here and tell you I was the greatest coach. I don't sit here and tell anybody I was the greatest. I'm not the greatest person. Um, but I, I I always told people that you're always going to get who I truly am. I am mm-hmm. who I am. And I, I, I'm never not going to be that. And sometimes that's a, uh, that's a good thing or a bad thing with me. And, and, uh, but, uh, but I'm sure I've been insulted other different ways um, that, uh, that I probably can't speak of here on this, on this, uh, on the talk. So the last question I've asked everybody this season, was there a question that you were expecting me to ask you? And if so, how would you have answered it? 
I told you things have changed since since it was just hand you some tea and tell your story. Boy, it was much, those were much easier questions back in the day. Boy, this is why because dingo talks really taken off. And, and I tell you what, you're doing a great job with it. But, uh, it, you know, I. I thought maybe maybe you would ask a little bit more about, you know, what's the day to day life as an athletic director. Right. And, you know, it's one of the hardest questions that I have to answer. Because mm-hmm. people go, what do you do as an athletic director? And everybody just assumes I get to show up at seven o'clock at night and watch a basketball game and make sure the doors are unlocked. And, you know, I, I just tell them there's there's so much that you do and each day is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's why I like the job is I don't have one day that's the same. You know, you're, you're dealing with 18 to 24 year olds. You're dealing with uh, ever changing um, things that happen in the world every day and um, you know, there, there's a lot that goes in this job, budgeting, uh, counseling, uh, mentoring, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of administrative tasks, right? So I'm, I'm part of the president's cabinet. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on decisions that we make as a, for the college, you know, um, you know, sometimes we're, we're secondary to, you know, if the provost has to make a decision, you know, we're obviously in on that. The cabinet yeah. has to make that decision. You know, so there's a lot of things from the academic calendar to the to the do we purchase this new software to Mm -hmm. uh, do we do we add public safety that that are going to carry guns on campus. Right. So who would ever think the athletic directors in a a decision that that comes with are we going to allow our public safety to carry a gun. But that's what I get to be a part of. I get to be part of uh, something different each day that gets Mm -hmm. to change lives. And and, um, so. I thought maybe you'd ask about that. That's that's what I thought, but uh, but it's really hard to to summarize into like one or two or three things where you're actually involved in a lot, and yeah. it's just what does that what is the moment that you're in uh, have you involved in? I guess. Well, I guess the follow up to that is is that more of the product of being at a small institution like Bethany that is taking a different attack towards improving the quality at the college, improving the quality of the campus, improving the student, uh, the retention rate and all that. Is that part of being in, in this changing world that is Bethany? Yeah, I think, I think a big part of that is, is, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate about president Caridi is, is here I am, I'm a first time cabinet member. You know, we got some people that are on cabinet that have been, you know, uh, vice presidents for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was able to step right in and, and be able to give my input and my feedback. And I think what he does is he allows us to make a collective decision that makes the best decision for what's going to move the college forward. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, just like a head coach, you know, it, you know, President Critty knows it's on him to make that final decision. But he really allows us as a cabinet to really work together to come up with what's going to, what's going to make the most sense. That's going to benefit our student athletes. And, and I mean, our students, sorry, Mm -hmm. our students and the future of the college, Um, you know, because that's what this is all about right now, you know, is moving this college into a place where 30 years from now, people are still saying and talking about Bethany college. And, um, you know, I think at a small college, you do get um, the opportunity to make an impact that, that, you know, across campus that at bigger schools, you're just focused on your, on your athletes. Uh, Here we're focused on the whole big picture and that's everybody. And uh, I think that's what's allowed us to take steps 
to get back to where I know our alumni who are very proud of what Bethany was. I think that's allowing us to take steps to get that proud history back going again, um, that we can create, create and write our own history from this point forward. Well, I think Brian, I think that's a good spot for us to to pause. Maybe who knows down the road again, you're the only person that we've had come back on the show. So maybe we'll take three years. Obviously you and I could talk in between there, but we'll bring you back three years later. and We'll see where everything's at. Uh, for those of you that stick around with us, you know what comes next. It's overtime as we're heading here into the final uh, weeks of the Division Three football season. Again, I want to t- say thank you for taking time out of your schedule to sit down with us. And uh, we'll be right back, Chuckleheads. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is Overtime with Serenity Brown. That's Serenity Brown. Um, rough week. Rough week for you. I don't even have – we're not even going to do the standings this week. We're just going to leave it at that. It's This is a make-or-break week for you. Um, and we'll get to those picks. First off, uh, I want to say again, thank you to Brian Sampson. And for those of you that have been following, obviously we've had coaches on predominantly through this season. We've also talked with uh, the commissioner of the OAC um, and now an athletic, the athletic director from Bethany College. And the reason being is there are other moving parts that make this Division Three thing work. Um, so we're very appreciative of them taking the time out of their schedules to sit down with us. Uh, also, Brian's been a longtime supporter of the show, although I will say, I think my beard's better now. I, I think, you know, he's gotta be professional. He, you know, he can't be going into a business meeting or the cabinet meeting all bushy and whatnot, but he did say on the show, maybe he's letting it grow out again. So we'll have to see. He does have a nice beard when it grows you out. Want his beard. It's a good beard. Coach Donaldson had a good beard too. We talk beards, good beards, recognize good beards. Mine, mediocre beard. Mediocre beard at best. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify, really appreciate you. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Make sure you follow the social medias. That's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. The only one that's different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk. And starting this month, yesterday, the November 1st, we are starting off a 30-day fundraiser. Um, So, you know, every contribution, big or small, they really do make a difference for us, for what our plans are with the, with marketing, with going to the games next year, and uh, some merchandise that we'd like to get out. Um, so, you know, you guys, us, can make all this even more better, more better, more special. English, not a strong point. But, uh, yeah, so if you ha- if you can and are able, check out the link. Uh, it's, the Go- it's a GoFundMe account. Um, but what we're here for, and like I said, it was a rough week for... Some people, they they did get the you did get the Delval Stevenson game though, right? It's the only one I got. Up top, <laughs> up top. Yikes! So, starting off, we uh, because we don't have a football coach on this week's show, we are doing a little bit different. I picked two games that we're really going to be watching, uh, but we're obviously all ten of these games are very important to. Um, their respective seedings and whatnot with the postseason on its way. So starting off, it's a battle for the Empire 8, I believe. Uh, Brockport, SUNY Brockport, at number 16, Cortland. I'm just letting you know, I, I know that we all picked Cortland. Mm-hmm. Our camera's right in front of the board, so half of them I can't read. Just warning both him and you guys. All right. 
So uh, <laughs> next up is uh, Kings at, at Stevenson. You took Stevenson. DV and I took Kings. Uh, next up is Bellhaven and Southern Virginia. I actually just sat down this week with Bellhaven's football coach. Um, this game and the next game for them really kind of determines their fate. Could be the first time in program history that they make the postseason so that they control their fate. Uh, DV and I took Bellhaven. And I took Southern Virginia. Next up is Dubuque versus Coe. Co making their way back into the top 25 for the first time in a couple years. Uh, DB and I took Co. And I took Dubuque. The next one up is Claremont Mud Scripps and Cal at Cal Lutheran. Uh, we all took Claremont Mud. The next one is Southern Southwestern. Southwestern. Well, I, I combine that. Mm -hmm. Southwestern at Millsaps. DB and I took Millsaps. No. DB and I took oh, Millsaps. No. no, you and I did. Remember, I switched to the purple. DB took DB Southwestern. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Things changed. DB threw and... a, DB was a little upset that he didn't have his own specified color that because we underlined who picked what, and we were just signifying his name by a little D on the top of each pick. So he brought his own color, and, and then messed. I liked his color, so I took his color, and he took my color. And it messed everything up. So back to the picks. Uh, Bridgewater at Washington and Lee. Both of us took Bridgewater. Yes. DB took Washington and Lee. Mount St. Joseph versus Bluffton. You took Bluffton. Yes, I did. DB and I took Mount St. Joseph. And then the two games that we're really, really going to focus on, um, you know, over there in the WEAC, the number four team and the number seven team in the country are going to face off in a conference that is just, I, I don't know how these guys make it through the playoffs after they beat the hell out of each other for, for 10 weeks. I mean, the, the two teams are UW River Falls. Uh, they're going to be, ver they're going to be playing UW lacrosse and, you know, lacrosse is five and zero in the conference. They had that win over Whitewater right at the end of the game on a field goal. River Falls, uh, only loss comes to uh, at the hands of Whitewater. Um, and this really, if River Falls can beat lacrosse, you got a three-way tie up there at the top of the WEAC um, with three of the top 10 teams in the country being at the top of that division. So uh, that's a game that we're definitely going to watch. And uh, DB and I took River Falls. And I took lacrosse. And the game of the week this week, a game that has been its first contest was played in 1920. It's predominantly been the purple guys winning it a lot. Uh, Mount Union versus John Carroll. But the interesting thing is John Carroll coming off a big win last week over Muhlenberg. Uh, for those of you that didn't see, that was the Muhlenberg miracle. Uh, go, go look that up. That's a hell of a clip. Um, and, you know, last year... They only lost by six. So, that being said, none of us picked John Carroll. Uh, Mount Union is the second best team in the country. They have been the power of Division Three for time immemorial, it feels like. So, um, yeah. But this, this game here, it's going to be an interesting one. And that's a correction because I don't believe Carroll was playing uh, 
Muhlenberg. Still go look at the Muhlenberg miracle, but it had nothing to do with John Carroll. So I'm just going to correct myself. But that being said, how are you feeling about your picks this week? They would have called you out. I wouldn't. I know. I know. And then, you know, again, I've gotten, I've, I've taken some heat on YouTube for asking dumb questions and saying dumb things. So I've gotten some heat. And <laughs> you got heat from somebody not realizing they were just commenting on the pick. They weren't, they never watched the show. Uh, before this goes any further off the rails, we really appreciate you stopping by. Make sure you check us out next week. We'll be back on the college football trail with a, another Division Three head football coach. And again, thank you to Brian Sansom for uh, taking the time to be with us. And we'll catch you next week. Chuckleheads. And we'll see if my pigs screw me. Oh, yeah, you're done. You're out. <laughs> you're out. Out. Zeros. It's going to be a race to the top for me and DB. Thanks for checking out this episode of Dingo Talk. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. For more info and to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dingo Talk.